Welcome back to the Redbird Report. As usual, I'm your host, Scott Prios. With me, as always, I have my co-sports editor, Reed Watkins. Uh, busy week behind us and another busy week ahead of us, Reed. Uh, how's it going? It's good. It's that time of year. Sports starting to roll, uh, shut down, or season's coming to an end. Or um, we got some exciting playoff runs and some new seasons starting a little bit. So excited to see everything get underway. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, uh, this past weekend, men's basketball season came to an end. Uh, Arch Madness, uh, you can take a listen to our previous podcast to kind of get a recap of what all went down there. Um, but we want to focus on the women's basketball team to start today. Um, regular season champions in the Missouri Valley Conference uh, with a win over Indiana State. I made the trip over to that game. Um, it looked a little uh, little rough at first, and I think Gillespie knew that it was going to start like that um, just because it's Indiana State's senior day, um, teams always come out with a little more energy. I mean, they had eight seniors, so it was a lot of energy in that gym for them. Um, but after falling behind by 10 with about three, four minutes left in the second quarter there, they really started to pick it up. Paige Robinson got going. Deanna Wilson had a career game, 26 points. Um, it was one of the better games. I would say the final two and a half quarters is one of the best stretches of basketball they've played this year just because they looked really complete. Everyone was doing a little bit of everything, and I think that's a really good sign to see going into uh, Hoops in the Heartland here on Friday. Yeah, it's exciting to see the school start to rally around this women's team. Um, There was some excitement last year, but it just wasn't the same because they were the fourth seed going into uh, Hoops in the Heartland. So it's exciting to see people kind of start to realize, um, with them being defending champs, this is um, one of the most exciting programs at ISU. And um, seeing the general public start to realize that a little more is really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, Paige Robinson, newcomer of the week, uh, she's just been really impressive this year. It's going to be interesting to see. uh, The announcement should come out tomorrow night who the uh, Valley Player of the Year is going to be. If you ask me, I think it's between two people, Paige and Destiny Wells. Um, Tied for first on top of the MVC, technically... Uh, they're co-champions, but for the tournament, ISU will be the one seed because they beat uh, Belmont in the regular season, their only matchup. <clears throat> but uh, Paige obviously is having a uh, a stellar year for uh, the Redbirds. I mean, I don't really know how else to put it. Everything she's brought to this team, I think it was. some people had a hard time believing that there was an easy way to replace Juju Redman because I didn't think there was either, but... Paige has done that and more, if you ask me. I mean, everything that she's been able to do um, has been really impressive, and I think when she's playing at that level, this team becomes very, very difficult to beat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Paige Robinson is just different, and she's the player that you need as your um, number one option. And um, it's just... She fills that role so well. And then, I mean, it's easy to look at Paige, but I think everyone else on the team um, just does such a great job of knowing their role and doing it well. I mean, Paige allows for Mary Crompton to get good looks, which forces teams um, out of double-teaming Deanna Wilson. And then players like Maya Wong and Kate Bowman are able to do their roles on offense and defense better because of everyone else on the floor. So um, Paige Robinson is the star, but she has such a great supporting cast around oh, her, and yeah. that's a, a testament um, 
to Christian Gillespie. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's necessarily a bad thing because it's not, but I wonder if maybe that would be a reason that you look at Destiny Wells ahead of uh, Paige Robinson for Player of the Year because while Destiny Wells still, still does have the supporting cast, she doesn't have Deanna Wilson dropping 26 points on the regular season clinching win. Um, but regardless, I mean, Paige, 19 points, or just under 19. Destiny Wells is just under 18. Um I believe they're right around similar in uh, rebounding, but I believe Paige is better in just about every shooting category. And the amount of minutes Paige Robinson plays is just ridiculous, 34.4, and that's not even the most in the conference, and Nia Thomas is ahead of her. But, but yeah, like you said, the supporting cast that Paige has, it that's what makes this team so scary because Paige was scoreless for a while there, but then they couldn't. But that's because they were, like, Xing her out. And when you X her out, you allow Deanna Wilson to do her own thing in the post. And then if you double-team her and you're Xing out Paige, then Mary Compton or Maya Wong or Kate Bowman, one of those is going to hurt you. And that's what's so scary about this team. And Gillespie talked about it. While maybe last year's team, they went a little deeper sometimes in terms of how far off the bench they went, it wasn't the same as this year where they're so confident in getting scoring from all five starters and the people coming off the bench, including Jada Stinson, Abby Alsma, and uh, Tashana Ray Gaskins there. So I think this team has what it takes um, to win this conference tournament, but it's, I think it's also going to be a matter of how do they handle having the target on their back because they didn't have it at this point last year. Last year, like, you, like I, you were saying, they dropped to that four seed there, so it was a little bit different. But now you're the one seed. Uh, you're going to take on either – Evansville or Murray State, I believe it is, Friday, which Murray State, that would be a tough eight seed, I mean, mm-hmm. with Caitlin Young. But um, regardless, I think this team has what it takes, but like I said, it's just a matter of how they handle the pressure. Yeah, plenty of motivation left. I mean, um, like you kind of alluded to, Belmont being named champions as well. I mean, it's a little frustrating to see it, especially with how much I think everyone in and around the Valley knows that with the performance ISU had on Belmont's home court, that, I mean, the only thing helping them be named co-champions is the the even records. But um, obviously the tiebreaker pretty much obviously goes to Illinois State. So, um, yeah, the, the title banner when you go on what Belmont's website is a, a little frustrating to see. Um, so plenty of motivation still for this um Redbird women's basketball team, and um, it's definitely uh, those three losses make it pretty clear that an upset is not out of the question, so they have a lot to work for and still a lot to prove. Yeah, definitely. I think that Belmont game, you just look at that as a reason why I think this ISU team, regardless of, like you were right, I think they do have, I mean, if they're not on, because they do rely, they don't rely on the three-point, but it's, it's a big part of their offense, and when that's not on, they struggle. But a reason that I think that they are such a solid team is that Belmont game you saw no Paige Robinson on the court and the way that the rest of the team handled that the way they were able to knock down shots and run the offense without her that's what's so scary about this team um like I said they'll be in action at noon Friday against the winner of Evansville Murray State I believe that game's at noon Thursday um so uh keep an eye on that we'll give you updates as well but uh yeah, definitely it's going to be a really exciting weekend for this women's basketball team because uh, it's been a while since they were able to win both the regular season title and the tournament title in the same season. So that should be really exciting. Um, I think that's it for women's basketball. Anything else from you, Reed? That's all I got. Excited to see Hoops in the Heartland. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Talk on a little bit more. We'll start with uh, some gymnastics. Um, a big weekend for them. Angelica Labat seems like every week her name's at the top of the leaderboard. Um, she once again helps ISU to a win over Southeast Missouri State this time. A very narrow win there uh, by just .025 points. But uh, Bob Conkling's done a really good job with this roster, I think. And uh, it's not just uh, Angelica Labat, like I said. I mean, Alana Laster... And uh, I believe it was Alana Laster and J-Mac last week that won the weekly awards. Uh, J-Mac had the performance of the week with the tied for the highest score in the entire conference this season. So that was really impressive. But um, just really, really strong performances across the board for this team. And it's really exciting to see another bright spot uh, among ISC sports. Definitely. Um, excited to see how this team does. Um, and with their upcoming schedule, I think it'll be interesting. Um, they've held their own against tough competition this year and I think that's kind of just what they do um so plenty left to prove uh, and I think seeing them go out um against SEMO again was impressive I mean they won pretty definitively in normal but to go into Missouri and do it um there as well especially by such a close margin was really impressive um they get to meet Illinois again this upcoming weekend and um, they lost Illinois in Texas earlier this year, so it'll be an interesting rematch. Also getting to meet Kentucky at the same time. So um, they've got that, and then it's right into the uh, MIC Conference Championship the week after. So exciting uh, part of the season for Illinois State Gymnastics. Yeah, definitely not a whole lot of season left for them, so it'll be really interesting to see what they're able to do here over this next week and then obviously the following weekend, like you said, in the uh, conference championships there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about ISU women's tennis. Um, they had a little bit of a slump there for a bit. Um, maybe a get right match here this past weekend against, uh, Washington, or yeah, Washington University, a division three school, a really dominant win, nine, nothing there. And I think regardless of your opponent, seeing that result is really going to help this team because they had definitely hit a skid there. Uh, like I said, three straight, but, um, I think with any team, anytime you see a win go into, or a number go into that win column, you're you have a chance to turn it around, and maybe we'll see that a little more tomorrow at noon when they take on Western Illinois uh, here at the Evergreen Racquet Club. Definitely. It'll be uh, nice to continue to get a break from these Power 5 schools or otherwise really notable um, athletic departments that they have been having to face. Um, I think that getting to see a better sample size of schools around their own co level of competition will be really helpful for this team. And... Um, then you get into Valley play after um, starting March 19th. So not too far from that. Um, really excited to see how they fare in the Valley. And um, I think it's really hard to gauge where this team is at because they do so well against um, the teams they're supposed to be and then struggle against, I mean, these Power 5 schools that it would, it would be an upset win if they were to walk away with one. So um, I think these last, let's see, three matches before MVC play are really going to tell you a lot about this women's tennis team and where they stand going into um, the conference. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Um, Tara Demjanovic, Tiana Zlatanovic continue to do really solid work in doubles, but it's not just them. Uh, Jankolovska and Kolarovic, they get their own doubles wins. Uh, Abusova and Pomeroli, their own doubles wins, and then they t dominate singles as well. But like you said, I think the way that they're able to close out um, 
non-conference play against, I would say, some middle-of-the-pack teams, maybe not the higher end, but maybe also not the lower end, um, is going to be really interesting to see heading into the conference play, like you said, in about uh, two weeks here. So um, shift gears a little bit, and we can talk about uh, men's tennis. Um, they're kind of similar boat, a little bit of struggles where they're, they're facing some higher-level teams and, not, like you said, not finding success, but then they're beating some of the teams that they should be beating. Um, however, they are or they are coming off of a loss to North Dakota after beating Marquette and St. Ambrose um, the previous weekend, a 5-2 loss there. Um, they competed in doubles, but it was the singles that really hurt them there. Um, only got two wins there, and that's where North Dakota really got the edge because obviously after any doubles, it's just one nothing. but... Um, they really competed in doubles, like I said, and then singles, they just kind of outmatched at that point. Yeah, definitely. And, um, another chance to get back out on the road and go to Indiana, um, this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see, um, how this team fares against a big 10 school. Um, and I think, so they lost to Illinois earlier this yep. year and that would be their only big 10 competition. Um, <coughs> but I think this team... Uh, could, I mean, you see the Summit League play starting, and that's um, a little discouraging, but they were picked fourth, so um, plenty of time to make up ground and uh, surprise some people as that continues over the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, they'll be back in action uh, Friday. Um, they travel to Indiana, and then they have the Battle at the Beach the following week. Uh, three matches, it looks like, there against uh, UNC Wilmington, Youngstown State, and DePaul, so... Big stretch ahead for men's tennis to kind of see how they're able to uh, bounce back a little bit after that loss to North Dakota to open Summit League play there. Um, next, I think we'll talk about some women's golf. Or, I'm sorry, men's golf this past weekend. They got ninth at the Desert Mountain Collegiate. Um, women's golf had the weekend off. Um, solid weekend for them, I would say, to say the least. Uh, they had a better second day than the first day um, to climb a little bit there. But, uh, I mean... That's some tough competition. I mean, you're at Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, Michigan was there, and I think this is just an encouraging sign for this team to get ninth out of, what was it, 15, 16 teams there. Like I said, to climb that second day, um, make a little bit of a return there. So we've talked about it over again. I believe they were picked to win the conference. Um, they have a lot of really solid golfers on this roster. It's not just one or two. They're really balanced across the board, and that's what's going to make this team really interesting to see. Yeah, I think the key is, um, I mean, in any team golf tournament, it's to um, put together each of your golfers' best day, um, which is a really tough task. Um, last weekend, it was Alex McCullough and Valentin Poignet who really kind of starred for the team and um, did a solid job, but... There's a lot. It's a deep roster, kind of like you were saying. Um, this team has a lot to prove, and um, I mean, they are bound to make some noise when it comes time for the NBC championship. Yeah, definitely. They have uh, one more tournament here coming up this coming week, uh, 13th and 14th. They're at the Louisiana Classics Invitational before a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, like you said, NBC championships uh, about a month and a half away only, which I mean seems like it's kind of flying up on us at this point but you have time to really figure some things out figure out what your best uh figure out your best golf at this point and uh it's gonna be really interesting to see how they're able to uh 
adjust before with, I think it's three more meets. Yeah, three more meets, or four more, I'm sorry, before the MVC championships there at the end of April. So um, I think that's it for men's golf. Um, I believe we have baseball and softball left to talk about. Um, we talked about this before, uh, last week and kind of the week before. I don't think this is really how we thought baseball would be going at this point at all this year. I think it's almost the opposite of what we thought. They're 5-6, and six, which I'm not saying that that's necessarily good or bad at this point. I mean, you have had some tougher competition. Um, but I think we thought maybe their – we talked about their pitching would be their strong suit. And yet you have 10 runs, 8 runs, 9 runs. Actually, you can just look at it like this. You have a 10-run performance against Arkansas State a nine-run performance against Arkansas, an eight-run performance against Central Arkansas, and a 10-run performance against Central Arkansas, and you went one and three in those four games. You allowed 22, 6, or 10, and 14. So, I mean, double digits in three of those games, you can't be having that. And I think that's what's going to hold this team back right now is until the pitchers are able to get into their rhythm a little bit because it looks like the offense is doing its job. Uh, Daniel Pacella, I mean... That's one incredible week he had. I believe it was four home runs on the weekend. He had a grand slam. Um, national player, One of the national players of the week. Um, so, like I said, I think their offense is really doing really good stuff, but the pitching just has to be able to get into a little bit of a groove. And I'm not that worried about it yet um, because I think this early in the season, sometimes that is hard to do. Getting your pitching going is tougher to do. Yeah, it's not exactly easy to put a pinpoint on – where the struggle is coming from on the mound um, because you have some strong individual performances. Derek Salata has been great. Derek Salata has been an absolute legend for this team. Um, but then as you go down, the um, ERAs just inflate more and more and more. So um, it's usually, I would say, a group effort when they give up a lot of runs. And um, it starts with... The starter getting pulled early, and then um, the relief pitchers are not able to pick up uh, where they need to be. But, um, yeah, it's been a difficult year on the mound so far as a whole, kind of excluding Derek Salata from that. Um, But I think this team offensively has to impress you a little bit. Definitely. And I would say if, if it's hitting or pitching that you think can kind of come along throughout the terms of a season, I would say that you'd rather have your hitting figured out early. Yeah, at definitely. Least. And you can make progress in the pitching, and at least you have a chance to be in games um, if you can just outscore the other team. Yeah. So um, I think this team definitely is intriguing and at least has the opportunity to um, kind of be a threat in the MVC. I mean, if you can put up... 10 runs in any given game, kind of like we've seen them do so far, you're, you're a threat to anyone. I mean, if a team has a bad day and you're able to still be consistent in your offense, you have a chance to beat anyone in any given game, which is what you need when it comes time for the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Obviously, that's a long time away, but it gives you a little bit of hope for this team. Yeah, definitely. It might surprise some people, but they have a three-game series here at Nebraska uh, this coming weekend, and then they're actually at home at Duffy Bass Field the following weekend to take on Eastern Illinois, um, and then a two-game series against Minnesota the following week before you uh, start conference play on uh, March 24th. So just over two weeks out from uh, Valley play, and it's going to be – you do want to get your pitching figured out quick here because um, that's when it's going to matter the most is in conference play. Um, 
But like you said, I mean, having your offense coming along this early in the season, I think that's a really encouraging sign. Basella's been great. Greg Nichols has been awesome. Adrian Flores, just a few of the names. Um, but yeah, this team, once you get that pitching, just a little more rhythm, I think this team's going to be a hard team to beat if your offense can continue to do that. Um, I think the last thing that we're going to talk about, softball, um, it's really just been a rough start to the season for them. Um, and I don't think it's like the men's team where – or the baseball team where you have your hitting's really good and your pitching is struggling. I just it's kind of a mix of both for the softball so far. They're sitting at five and fourteen on the season through four uh, non-conference tournaments. Uh, they have one more tournament this coming weekend, uh, the Murray State tournament. Well, they'll play Youngstown State, Murray State, and then potentially a game Sunday before starting Valley play here, um, just ten days away, same as men's team. But uh, yeah, I mean, they just. It's not going great for them right now. Their pitching hasn't been ideal. But I think an encouraging sign is you're getting more people on the bump. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, You're seeing a few more names on the mound, which might be good to get a few more names in the rotation. But offensively, just two runs, no runs, one run, one run. Um, Their offense has really hurt them at times, to say the least. Definitely. And, I mean, yeah, there have been issues that I would not have predicted for this team. Um, I mean, there are competitive games in here, and I would say that's been an improvement from the first um, couple tournaments. I mean, it is it is a little hard to kind of make this look good at this point in the season, to be quite honest, um, at 5-14. and 14. Um, But, I mean, this team, they haven't been home yet. They haven't had a chance to play in front of their fans. And there have been some bright spots in the circles, some, some freshman pitchers, which I did not think I would be saying with um, the returning talent they have. But, um, I mean, Hannah Meshnick's been ready to step up, and so has Hannah Meeks as freshman pitchers. So um, I think this team needs to figure itself out a little bit and kind of determine, you know, where are these hits and runs going to come from. Um so I think it'll be interesting to see how they grow and where they go from here. Um, and, you know, you want to see a team perform better in these tournaments, but um, it's hard to compare that to uh, the series setup that they'll see here towards the second half of March. So I think these tournaments kind of give you a good idea of where your team's at, but it's hard to judge um, how they'll perform in a series seeing the same team three times in a row. Um, but, I mean, you can see Murray State this weekend, which I think will be really interesting on a new Valley team. So um, not official Valley play, but they get to kind of feel it out and see where they are. They've seen some good competition, and um, I think there is a lot of space for growth here. It's not like the season is over at this point by any means, but you want to see um, – Definitely want to see improvement as they get going into the heart of the season. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, tournament this weekend right before you uh, start Valley play here March 17th. So kind of one more stretch where you can kind of try to figure yourself out, figure out both sides of the ball. Um, But I think that's it for softball. Anything else from you? That's all I got. Um, I believe that's everything for the weekend. Um, we got another busy weekend ahead of us here um, across the board. Women's basketball hoops in the heartland. Um, But... 
yeah, like we said, I mean, a lot of these teams, it's early in the year. You're still trying to figure a few things out. Um, but I think they all have a lot of potential to find some success here going forward. Um, just a couple of the big things going on this weekend, swimming and diving, NCAA Zone Diving Championships. Um, track and field has the NCAA National Championships for the indoor season. Um, like I said, hoops in the heartland, and then obviously softball, baseball, men's golf, women's golf, so just a ton going on this coming weekend here. So make sure to follow all our Twitter accounts at the underscore vedette and at Vidi underscore sports for all the updates, and uh, I think that's it. So we will see you guys next week.